everybody, this is Gary Bay, Nerd Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, aka WLTV, and this is BBQ Central. Do it live! Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is a show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. The barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday night fun and (laughs) frivolous. Live fire fun and frivolity show. If you want to jump in on the show tonight through a phone call or email, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, said BBQ Central Show. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening coming up in about 12 minutes from now. It's the third Tuesday of the month, and you know what that means. A visit from the creator of barbecuebible.com, host of Project Fire, Project Smoke, Barbecue University, uh, Primal Grill. The list goes on. Stephen Reichlin joins us for the first time in 2021. We will take a look back at 2020 and see what he thought from a trends perspective hit the mark or maybe came out of nowhere to take over the live fire scene in 2020. As we've said many times over the last 10 and 11 months, a year which ended up being like no other and 2021 starting out much the same. And we'll see if there was anything that snuck out of the realm of normalcy and really hit the trend considering a lot of people were staying home and doing a lot of cooking, not going out and doing a lot of eating out, stuff like that. And then we will turn our attention to 2021. And uh, Stephen is always putting out the current beginning of the year list predictions of trends and things that he thinks is going to be things that he think will be popular over the course of this year, things to look out for, prognostications, stuff like that. So Stephen Reichland joining us, 14 past, and we'll move 35 past. We broached the subject last week with Meathead, with a company and a product called Spark Grill. Me, uh, his grill tester, Max Good, currently has one in his hands and is going through the testing process. And probably a month ago, I reached out after I first saw this thing on Instagram through some kind of a Insta ad or whatever you call it, and it caught my attention. I said, man, oh, man, look at this thing. Spark grill. It looks pretty cool. There's a thermostatic control on it. It's got this really unique-looking charcoal brick. 
I'm going to reach out, see if they want to come on the show. You never know how that's going to work out. So I threw out a note to Spark Grill team, and they said, you know what? Our CEO and founder, Ben West, would love to come on the show, and he's going to be on at 9.35. I was just corresponding with Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Fame inaugural class inductee, Chad Ward of Traeger Grill fame, and of course, Whiskey Bent Barbecue, who is tuning in to check out that conversation. And as he had put it, conceptually, a charcoal-fired cooker that would give you the same fit and feel, again, conceptually, of a pellet cooker, except you're doing it with charcoal. So we'll talk to Ben West, the CEO and founder of Spark Grill, get a little bit of his background, and then, of course, where Spark Grill came from, how they've been manufacturing, and what this rollout is going to look like for them. And I could make arguments on both sides that this is probably the best and worst time that they could be launching something like this. Best because people are still home. A lot of people are still cooking at home, not getting out, doing the normal routine. Bad because a lot of industries within this niche are experiencing record sales. However, when you're in a manufacturing standpoint, what does that mean? You need parts. You need availability. And as you start looking to suppliers, those lead times start building out and building out. And all of a sudden, you have a potential gaggle of orders. You have no way of actually manufacturing to get these out to complete the sale. So we'll see where Ben is at with that. Then we'll move to the second hour and a newest sponsor of the show, Ed Riley's sales and marketing, uh, B&B Charcoal Sales and Marketing Manager. Ed Riley will rejoin the show. Last time he was on. At the beginning of December, we talked about the B&B charcoal history. As you would recall, they've been around since uh, the early to to mid-60s, continuously owned, family-operated. We talked about lump charcoal. We talked about briquette charcoal. We mentioned a little bit about the char logs, which I'm a big fan of. But they're not just into the charcoal. So if you have a pellet cooker, you're in luck tonight. We're going to be talking about the B&B brand of pellets and how they compare contrast to what's else. What's else? English is at a premium tonight, folks, for me. Uh, how it compares to what else is existing in the market. And we're also going to be talking about an addiction that he has. It is a cooker addiction. And a number of you ventured guesses. I said, you know, see if you could trust me when I say this. All of you were well light on the guesses. Way more than 50 way more than 70, way more. It's going to blow your mind, so stay tuned for that. Then we'll close the show with a company that is also in the wireless remote temperature thermometer game. We've heard of the meter before. I've been one of the biggest skeptics of the meter. This company is not the meter, but it's something called the meat stick, and the uh, the uh, CEO there, or the founder, Mendel Lin, will be joining us for the first time. We're going to talk about the meat stick and how that all came to be, what you can expect as a potential consumer of that. And of course, like we'll be talking about Ben with from a manufacturing side, what they're running into or if they're running into any issues like that. So Stephen Reichland coming up shortly, then Ben West, then Ed Riley, and then Mendel Lynn to close it out. Big show planned for you here. Love to hear from you. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Don't forget you can follow me socially, Insta, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat at BBQ Central Show. Facebook and Twitch for video feeds slash BBQ Central Show. YouTube for an additional video feed if you would like. 
slash rdrempy. YouTube and Twitch also have streaming uh, comments, and then Facebook has it as well. I see it all over here to the left-hand side of the screen, so jump in there. I know that I see everything, but I don't always react to everything, so don't worry about that. Listener feedback from the show last week and a few weeks before that, Matt Bykowski is weighing in. Hey, Greg, thank you for putting out the show for another year. I really enjoyed it. I just wanted to say thank you and have a great new year. Thank you for writing in, Matt. Tom in Virginia writing, Greg, very excited to hear from your new Third Tuesday regulars. What an addition to the lineup. That's right, in case you missed it. We are trying something new for this year on the third Tuesday in the second hour. We will have uh, Jess Pryles recurring quarterly. We'll have Susie Bullock from Hey Grill Hey recurring quarterly. And we will also have Daniel Vaughn of Texas Monthly recurring quarterly as well. So looking forward to having that first conversation. And it'll be Susie coming up next month and looking forward to that. Pete in Oklahoma says, Greg, I have to admit I was less than excited to hear a segment on watches. But after it was done, it was really one of the better segments in recent memory. I'm not a watch guy like you are, but the lesson in watchmaking history about here in America and the journey Vortic has been on is very interesting to me just from a potential consumer standpoint. Thanks for changing it up and putting them on my radar. That is Pete in Oklahoma. Uh, Alexi is weighing in. Howdy, Greg. I just wanted to thank you for blocking Adam Perry Lang from your guest hall of fame. You made the right decision. Thank you for all of your hard work. I really appreciate the show. So we thank Alexi for writing in. Cool. And last but not least, Jeff in Texas writing, Greg, I was wondering if you were going to be on the air this coming Tuesday to issue a retraction of your banning of Adam Perry Lang. I am not doing that this evening. Uh, it's been a mixed bag of reaction. I, I figured, you know, there I was I was taking some beatings as it was happening last Tuesday as we were closing the show, and then through the week, it was probably running fifty fifty on uh, folks that said, "Hey, you know, you uh, showed testicular fortitude. You stood by your convictions. Good for you." Blah blah blah. And then there were just as many that were coming in saying that uh, I was completely off base. And what I come to find out, and disagree with me all you want, as Howard Stern would say, if everybody's agreeing with me, I'm not doing my job correctly. But it is, if you were were disagreeing with me, thinking that I was saying something that I wasn't, then I would encourage you to go back and listen to my words where I was prefacing certain things and then using the word opinion in certain areas as well. But what's the one thing we can all agree on? The Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame is my Hall of Fame, and if I want to take you in or I want to take you out, that's the way it's going to be. So if you still want to weigh in or you're just catching up on the show or you're just new to the show, go ahead and check that out. That was last week's show at the end. Stephen Reichland is in the green room, and he is ready to go. I'll talk to you quickly about Primo Grills, also a new sponsor in 2021. PrimoGrill.com is the website. It's singular at the end. Primo Grill, not grills. You'll go to somewhere else. PrimoGrill.com. What do we know about ceramic cookers? Hey, we love ceramic cookers. They're really two cookers in one. You can do low and slow really well. 
You could also crank them up and do high heat really well. Most of them are round. And what do we know about round cookers? They don't offer you a true two-zone cooking option just because of the way they're set up. However, Primo separates itself in the fact that it's an oval shape. So you can really shovel the coals off to one side and have a non-lit side or no coal side. And then you can have a direct or coal lit side. And you have two You have true two-zone cooking. That's a tongue twister. I might have to start all over again tonight because the words are not flowing. In any event, if you're looking for a ceramic cooker, you want something that's going to offer you true two-zone cooking, Primo is the one you're going to want to take a look at. They have an extra large. They also have an extra large Jack Daniels edition. They have a large version and a junior if you want to take it around with you. Now, if you love the Primo brand, but you can't get over the fact of how this thing is shaped and you need a round one good news they also make a round one as well for those who just want to fit into the fold they also have an extra large gas ceramic grill if you can wrap your head around that a lot of things to choose from over there here's what i suggest because they sell through dealers go to primogrill.com check out where a dealer is near you and then go in person to check them out see what it's all about primogrill.com we are back with Stephen Reichland right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. So we were just talking about Primo. You know what would go really good with your new Primo cooker? A barbecue guru. That's right. Creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. Also, sellers of ceramic cookers. So if you aren't on board with the Primo and you like the Barbecue Guru's version better, that's fine. A whole bunch of other accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit them on the web, bbqguru.com, or call them 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, Centralites, it's the third Tuesday of the month, and you know what that means? A segment visit with the icon of the industry and monthly visitor here to this show. We welcome back for the first time here in 2020, Stephen Reichland. Hey, Stephen. How you doing? I am fabulous and great to have you. We wish you Happy New Year, of course, and look forward to another great year of shows. And 2020 is, uh, 2020 is has finally left us. A lot of people perhaps mistakenly thought as the calendar year left magically everything was going to go back to whatever normal was before covid and unfortunately we're still in the midst of it so as you look back at 2020 from a live fire trends standpoint is there anything that sticks out to you that maybe you weren't expecting or you saw coming in the beginning of the year and it really took hold and made itself available front and center as the year wore on last year 
Well, absolutely. I mean, first of all, just we're grilling and smoking much more than we ever did uh, before. And, uh, you know, they say of a captive audience. Well, we were all captive audiences. I know even tracking something like uh, the sales of my book, uh, Project Smoke, uh, skyrocketed this year. I think more people have more time to do slower cooking. Some other trends that are very predictable given COVID, lockdown, social distancing, etc., uh, we did a lot more mail ordering of meats from companies like Crowd Cow, uh, also a prepared barbecue. Uh, we cooked a lot smaller meats. You know, when Thanksgiving rolled around, uh, I don't know about you, you all, but, you know, we normally have these enormous Thanksgivings. And uh, this year it was just my wife and I. So uh, we did a turkey breast. And I think... A lot of people, instead of pork shoulders, maybe doing pork loins, pork tenderloins, pork chops. Uh, small was beautiful this year. Comfort food, no surprise there either. Chili, mac and cheese, uh, you know, pulled pork. I mean, uh, this was this year was anything but comfortable. And I think anytime we could give ourselves some comfort uh, with our food, uh, we did it. Uh, what else? Let's see. Well, pellet grills, I mean, that's a trend that's been building. It was very strong this uh, last year. I think it'll get even stronger this year. But those were sort of the uh, highlights of what I saw in 2020. From a watching television or Netflix standpoint, of course, in the beginning of COVID, uh, Tiger King seems to be burned into my mind. But along with that, it seemed to follow suit with that whole sourdough revolution. Did you take part in that? Or is that are you a baker by any stretch ever? Well, I'm a little bit of a baker, and uh, I think to the extent that we got into that, well, first of all, uh, my wife is a terrific baker and pastry chef, and she did uh, a Zoom, uh, a series of Zoom French pastry classes wow. uh, with the little ones in our family, and uh, that was really, that was amazing. Uh, it was amazing because I got to eat all this incredible French pastry. Uh, most recently, and this brings me to uh, one of the trends for 2021, I have a wood-burning oven that I uh, brought back from one of the sets of Primal Grill. You may remember, may remember we had some wood-burning ovens. And uh, I started firing up the wood-burning oven using it. It's amazing. I love how it performs. I love, uh, I love the flavor you get, which is related to but very different than what you get on a grill. And uh, most recently, we did a, a potato bread uh, that we cooked in the wood-burning oven, and you know that was nothing short of uh, wondrous. Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show from Barbecue Bible, of course, barbecuebible.com, his website. So let's go ahead and look into 2021, of course. We're freshly into it, and I uh, always love to catch up with you to see what you think might be trending this year or things that we might want to be looking out for. Maybe they come to fruition, maybe they're not, but you have your finger on the pulse there. So there were 10 things that you would put on your website as barbecue and grilling trends from 2021. Uh, let me ask you this as we lead into that. Was there anything that you thought was going to hit last year that has carried over into this list because you think that for whatever reason it didn't show up uh, in 2020 like you thought it would and you think maybe this this will be the year or is this a, a fresh new list of items to look at from a trend? <laughs> No, I think that there's a transition, you know, from last year to this year. I think one of the one of the trends that I jotted down is vegetables 24/7. Uh 
And I think this is the year when vegetables are, you know, grilled and smoked vegetables are going to be huge. Now, that started last year. Uh, I've got skin in the game on this one because my next book is a book called How to Grill Vegetables. Uh, it's coming out in May. Uh, so during uh, lockdown, I was super busy writing the book and then correcting the proofs. And, uh, and you know, I'm still going over the galleys. Uh, but I, I think, you know, it's a convergence of so many trends. I mean, number one, we want to eat more healthily. Uh, and I think that's all, all the way across the board. Even when I used to do events back when I toured uh, in Kansas City, you know, even places like Kansas City and, and Dallas, staunch meat-centric, you know, uh, locations, uh, I would talk about grilling vegetables, and I might have gotten a few boos during the class, but afterwards people come up, would come up to me, tug my sleeve, say, hey, you know, that's really great. I'd like to, uh, I want to get more veg grilled vegetables into my diet. Uh, a more specific manifestation of that trend is what I call vegetable charcuterie. Now, charcuterie, you know, is uh, basically it's cured meats. When you make uh, prosciutto or speck or uh, you do uh, salume, you know, Italian, uh, salami and Italian sausages, that is, those are all cured meats. Uh, those are called charcuterie. Well, last year, starting last year and rolling into this year, a number of very high-profile chefs are getting into vegetable charcuterie. And if you read my blog a couple of weeks ago, you saw a beautiful picture uh, of what looked like a ham. But if you looked at it more closely, it was actually a smoked watermelon that had been crisscrossed, you know, the way that you would uh, you would crosshatch uh, the skin of a ham. And, uh, and uh, this is turning up more and more. And it brings me to another trend that started last year and I think is going to be really big this year too, and that is meatless proteins. Uh, thinking of the Impossible Burger or the Beyond Burger, uh, uh, which is morphing into a Beyond Steak. All of which is to say, meat is not going away. In fact, I think in a funny way, we're eating less meat but better meat. Uh, you, you know, if you follow my Facebook page, you probably see me post pictures of uh, this A5 Wagyu beef from Japan, which is so well marbled. It looks like a piece of uh, white lace laid over a red tablecloth. It's incredible stuff. It's incredibly expensive too. Um, but uh, while we're eating less meat and better meat, we're definitely eating more vegetables, more grilled vegetables, smoked vegetables, um, and more plant-based foods. And you know what? It's good for our personal health. It's good for the health of the planet. I'm down with grilled vegetables. I want to dig into that book and, and how you're able to, to generate a whole recipe book of grilled vegetables here in a second. But let's go ahead and touch on that non-meat-based protein or plant-based protein because uh, we, I've mentioned it maybe three or four times here over the show. I think uh, towards the end of 2018, it was really coming into vogue and you were hearing more and more about it. it was showing up in restaurants and a lot of burger formations and the true barbecue and grilling guys and gals took a shit all over it because it wasn't real meat and why would you do that and there's no way i would taste it but i think the more people threw caution to the wind and tried it they said well you know maybe it's not that bad or they had issues with a bean burger 10 years ago or you know 15 years ago and, and they're yeah. trying to assimilate to that so uh the long point i'm trying to make is with all of that considered you're not eating meat uh, you know or maybe you do it for meatless monday or whatever it's not necessarily a healthier option when you talk about processed foods 
plant-based meats are insanely processed. Yes, that's very highly processed, particularly the Impossible Burger, which has been engineered to bleed, you know, supposedly when you cut into it, thanks to uh, beet juice, which I think is pretty unnecessary. But I think those burgers are pretty tasty. And, uh, you know, if you think about a fast food burger, now I'm not talking about a glorious burger, you know, where you are custom grinding your meat and making it an inch thick and it's really luscious. But if you think about a fast food burger, I mean, basically it's a, it's a very thin, very overcooked uh, puck of grayish meat. And honestly, you know, I, I don't think a fast food burger is any more tasty than a, a plant-based burger. All right, Stephen, so let's talk about this vegetable book. Uh, I can think of grilled lettuce and grilled carrots and grilled asparagus. I uh, love mushrooms on the grill. But quickly, I would say that I, I'm probably starting to run out of concepts and ideas for vegetables on the grill. So w- what were some of your inspirations to be able to put a book together on vegetable grilling? Well, you know, I wrote this book as I write every book, which is basically by packing a suitcase and traveling. And in the book, I cover everything from uh, grilled artichokes and avocados, and that's sort of a little mini boomlet, grilling and smoking avocados, uh, to zucchini uh, in the form of zucchini burnt ends, which uh, use a very ingenious form of cutting and skewering, which I will uh, disclose when the book comes out. Um, You'll find recipes from Southeast Asia. You'll find recipes from South America. Uh, we go through all the vegetables uh, A to Z. Uh, there's a chapter on breads and sandwiches. There's a chapter on grilled cheese, grilled eggs. Uh, it's not a vegetarian book. I do want to say that. I'd mm-hmm. say about 10% of the recipes do have meat. You know, my premise is if meat can make a vegetable taste better, then I will add it. But I think if um, in the highly unlikely chance that you have a vegetarian or a vegan listening to this show, uh, they will find plenty of uh, meatless recipes in the book. Uh, I, you know, I'm, uh, my daughter is a full on full bore vegetarian. Uh, my wife would prefer to be a vegetarian and eats meat only with the greatest reluctance. So, so a little bit of this is uh, self-defense, but, um, uh, to me, there is no better way to cook a vegetable than on the grill that high dry heat, uh, caramelizes the, uh, plant sugars, uh, in, and, in the plant. So you know what? If you're going to eat vegetables, you might as well know how to grill them because they're going to taste better grilling than any way, any way else. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the avocados because uh, there's a chef over here in Cleveland on the near west side. Uh, he's the owner and chef of a place called Fahrenheit. Uh, he's just recently mm-hmm. opened a place down in Charlotte as well under the same name. And one of the items that he has as a starter is grilled avocado. And then uh, there's some goat cheese on the top of it and then some type of a balsamic and soy glaze. And then you uh, just kind of take it out of the uh, the shell and then you smear it on some nice toasted bread. And it is super simple to make, right? I mean, I can make it. It's no problem. Five minutes and you're done maybe uh, with, with a quick, uh, you know, and I'd say medium high heat. And then it's uh, something that makes a great presentation. But again... Uh, as uh, Sam, the cooking guy, says a lot of the time, heat changes things, so it adds a new flavor to it. The grill adds its own impart of flavor as well. Then you have the goat cheese that works, and that's a little bit of sour, and then the whole uh, Asian sauce on top. That's a that's a great thing. So if you're not into avocado by itself, uh, grilling it, and perhaps that goes the same as you were saying with any vegetable. Try grilling it, and maybe you become a fan of something that you're not a fan of. 
Yeah, you will like it better. Well, uh, I mean, they're grilled avocados and smoked avocados uh, turn up throughout the book. Uh, one of my favorite dishes is a smoked avocado that you then turn into guacamole. And it's, you know, that adding the smoke just gives it a completely new dimension. You know, another um, trend that uh, I I want to mention, especially since we're coming off uh, on the heels of Martin Luther King Day, uh, black chefs matter, black pitmasters uh, matter. And I think in the, fun, the coming year, you know, there have always been great black pitmasters. The black contribution to American barbecue, which is you cannot overstate it. I mean, yep. it's, it was really born with black cooks on the uh, plantations. But uh, some very exciting books coming out this year. Rodney, uh, uh, Rodney Scott. Rodney Scott is coming out with a great book, you know, that uh, Desiree Robinson of Cozy Corner uh, was uh, received a Barbecue Hall of Fame. Uh, Adrian uh, Bill is coming out with a, uh, a book on the, uh, the history of black barbecue. So it should be a pretty interesting year. Um, one of the other things that you had mentioned for trends of 2021 were spice rubs you've never heard of. And, you know, I think for as dynamic as we are uh, – pitmasters, live fire cooks, whatever you want to call us, sometimes we can get pigeonholed into using a certain number of spice rubs. And I get it. You typically go back to things that you like, and once you find some things that you don't like, maybe your ability to venture out of the box uh, unknowingly becomes impeded. So what are you talking about when you are describing spice rubs you've never heard of? Well, I'm thinking of one called Duca, which is D-U-K-K-H-A. It's an uh, Egyptian spice rub, and you start by roasting nuts. It can be pistachio nuts, uh, can be walnuts or combination. Uh, you add seeds like sesame seeds and pumpkin seeds. You add spices uh, like uh, cumin and coriander, and it makes a fantastic sprinkle on. Uh, well, I, I like to do an ember roasted sweet potato with yogurt and then sprinkle the duca on top. Uh, another one is called uh, uh, Pancha Faran. It's a Bengali spice mix. Um, Zatar, you know, which has been around for a while. That's a Middle Eastern uh, thyme and uh, sumac and uh, sesame uh, rub. But I think the idea is, you know, broadening our horizons and america is an amazing place because uh, we we are omnivorously curious we scour the world for new food experiences and then we make them our own and this has happened time and time again you mentioned balsamic vinegar you know uh, balsamic glaze on the avocado well i remember as a food writer probably 30 years ago writing about balsamic vinegar and you know it was really exotic and uh, it was hard to find and nobody knew, knew what to do with it and you know now i wouldn't be surprised if it served at wendy's you know so we do that as a culture and it's really wonderful we um we're continually um expanding our horizons what's mixed method grilling so that actually was suggested you know when i was working on this list i reached out to my facebook followers at stephen reichland on facebook and i said you know gee normally i'm traveling four months a year and i'm observing these uh trends in restaurants and you know in the field and i've been locked down like everybody else so what are you seeing and i don't remember who it was but somebody said you know mentioned uh mixed method grilling and that might be where you sous vide a prime rib to start and then you smoke it and then at the last minute you uh you, you know you direct grill it to sear the crust um 
or you might smoke vegetables and then use those smoked vegetables. I'll give you an example from the book, okay? So it's a grilled uh, uh, grilled vegetable frittata. Frittata, that upside-down omelet, you know, that Italians so love and that's great for brunch. Well, in this instance, you start by grilling the vegetables, putting a nice char on them, giving that sweet caramel kind of sweetness. And then those are added to the frittata, which is basically an omelet mixture, uh, to which you add cheese. Normally that'd be baked in the oven. Of course, I do it indirect grilled with a little wood smoke to, uh, you know, get another uh, layer of flavor. But, you know, that's an example of using smoking, using grilling, using indirect grilling in one dish. Uh, you had mentioned that you had brought over uh, a wood-burning oven from uh, one of the shows. Uh, you have that listed mm-hmm. as a trend here in 2021. Yeah. If we were under a normal circumstance, would that be in a trend, or do you think because we're we're still probably, at least for the first half of the year, would be similar to how we ended the year, that this is something that is going to be uh, more of a trend because of how we are right now? I absolutely believe this will be a trend and it will only grow. And why is that? So, number one, you know, our grilling sophistication, since I wrote Barbecue Bible on how to grill, I mean, uh, massive numbers of Americans are grilling, not just on the weekends or special occasions, but it's part of our weekly routine, our daily routine. Uh, more and more of us have outdoor kitchens. Uh, we've gotten pretty good at grilling. Uh, we no longer own just one grill. We own a couple grills, maybe a Kamado. We own a smoker. So this is a logical extension, this uh, wood-burning oven. And I was amazed. I, you know, I went up on uh, YouTube to kind of research some techniques on lighting the oven using it, and I was amazed how many views some of these videos have had. And if you haven't tried it, it's really cool. Uh, you can find Stephen Reichlin over at barbecuebible.com. He is writing there and giving you recipes and insight here into the industry, and we'll track these and some of the other trends of 2021 and see – if they uh, really hit the mark here. Stephen, always appreciate the time, and thanks so much for coming on. Well, thank you, and I don't know if uh, people notice, but I've got this new fancy audio rig here, uh, courtesy of, uh, of Mr. Uh, Rempe, and got it. I found, I, I feel very professional. So, it sounded uh, great. Stern, move over. We got a know? lot of great okay. uh, instant feedback saying how great you sounded, so I appreciate you uh uh, bearing with the uh, technical setup on there, and uh, we're going to sound like gold the rest of the way. Beautiful. All right. Thanks. Thanks again, everybody. Steven. There he is, Stephen Reichlin from Barbecue Bible. Sounded like a million bucks. Absolutely fantastic. So we look forward to further conversations with an even better sounding Stephen Reichlin as 2021 unfolds. And check out those trends, right? Grilling twenty or uh, vegetables twenty four seven, spice rub. I've never heard of the spice rubs that he had mentioned. Zatar, I th- I've heard of that before. Mixed method grilling, like what Darren Wilson was talking about from Fire and Water Cooking. I did a little mixed method the other night when I indeed sous vide more steaks against Meathead's advice. It's not where it works the best. Ben West coming up out of the break. I'll talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies, all curated by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. Whether you're a backyard barbecue fanatic or competition pro, Big Papa Smokers has something for you. 
They have 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings. Flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Regular Money, Double Secret Steak Rub. All proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard. Big Papa's offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors to transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Whether you're cooking to impress the judges or the friends or the family or all of those people, Big Papa's award-winning rubs and seasonings don't disappoint. If you're looking to improve... The flavor of barbecue sauce. How about Granny's Barbecue Sauce? They own that too. Great all by itself, or you can use it as a base sauce and tweak from there. Aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers offers 13 perfect... uh, Offers the very best pellet and charcoal cookers on the market today. You're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? How about the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Cooker? It's got a whole new redesign. Something you're going to want to check out. Big Papa Smokers... The exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? All right. Take a look at that old Hickory Ace BP for crying out loud. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, you can't go wrong with any grill featured at BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard, cook, and budget. Questions? Sure. Call them, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A-Smokers.com. And we will hopefully be back with Ben West from Spark Grill. A grill that will give you a pellet experience, but with charcoal. We'll see if he comes up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. Your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all your pellet-driven cookers, visit cookingpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also buy on amazon.com as well. Fledgling internet site coming up. Uh, I would say go to cookingpellets.com first and see what they have. And then you can uh, then search Amazon if you want. But cookingpellets.com also has not only the pellets, but they have uh, some other accessories that you might find interesting as well. Uh, one of the big knocks on pellet cookers is the lack of big smoke, and uh, Chris Becker has had that amazing tube or something along those lines that you can pack full of pellets and light put in your pellet cooker to give you even more smoke flavor. So 
All up to you. Cookingpellets.com is the place to go. Hey, last week we teased the Spark Grill when Meathead stopped by for his monthly visit, and he said that Max Good was in the process of testing it. And in regards to the Spark Grill, we certainly have we can uh, certainly have him on in a few weeks once he's done pounding around with it. But why not get some insight from the mastermind behind this grill? Pellet cookers are continuing to grow in the backyard because you can literally dial in a temperature and not have to worry about it. Again, the Spark Grill looking to accomplish perhaps the same thing, but doing it in a charcoal-based form. So let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome first-timer to the show, the founder and CEO of Spark Grill, Ben West, joining me. Hey, Ben. Hi, Greg. How's it going? I am doing fabulous. Appreciate you joining me here this evening, Ben. Before we get into the Spark talk, let's go ahead and get a quick background on you professionally, uh, where you're home based out of right now, and then we can build in the Spark talk. Yeah, sure. Um, let's see. I, I think uh, Spark is my second company, um, but uh, all this really started with with the first company. I started a company called EcoZoom. Um, I started that company in 2011, and uh, we made wood and charcoal cook stoves uh, for use in developing countries. We also had a line of solar products, but um, uh, pr- primarily made wood and charcoal cook stoves for the half of the world that um, doesn't have access to clean cooking products and causes about 4 million deaths a year um, and a lot of environmental degradation and climate change and that kind of thing. Um, I... Um, yeah, so I started EcoZoom in 2011, and we had some good success. Um, we got into the Inc. 1000 um, for fastest-growing privately held companies. We won, won a bunch of B Corp Best in the World awards. Um, I got to live in, in Kenya for a couple of years with the company, and um, that's where I really just fell in love with cooking with wood and charcoal myself while living there. Um, uh, my wife and I lived in Nairobi during you know a, a somewhat stressful time, like the Westgate attacks, the, the Westgate Mall attacks. <laughs> that and um um so we found it was just super awesome to get out to the backcountry and like you get to go camping with giraffes and zebras and stuff like that and um yeah just really found that cooking with wood and charcoal i'm sure it's no surprise for for you or this audience but um you know it really draws people in it just makes for really amazing food and um you know overall just a really awesome experience and um so I moved on from EcoZoom um, over time and uh, really didn't know what I was going to do next. Um, I moved back to Portland, Oregon, where I'm from originally, and um, just really saw that, you know, there were some cool macro things going on in the space. Um, you know, Portland's very known for coffee, and we'd walk down the street on a, on a weekend morning and see that some awesome new restaurant was starting using wood and charcoal, like, every weekend of the New York Times food edition. And... Um, yeah, I wanted to continue cooking that way back in Portland, but, you know, quite a different environment than being out in the backcountry in, in Kenya. Um, and, you know, I was just talking to friends and um, started talking to chefs and found that, um, you know, chefs spend a couple of years really learning how to cook well with wood and charcoal. And, um, you know, I didn't feel like that there was necessarily a great product to hit high temperatures, low temperatures, Um and, um, you know, just a really easy way to continue cooking that way in an urban environment. Um, yeah. And as I got into it more, um, you know, I, I saw that, I, you know, I felt like there was a good opportunity. I had a really good insight at my time with EcoZoom that, um, you know, this kind of like the Shangri-La there in the cookstove space is to be able to make, uh, you know, wood and charcoal 
uh, burn super clean in these low low cost cook stoves that really perform, you know, like your stovetop oven. Um, you know, you put a, a pot on top, and um, the idea is zero emissions, super clean. Um, and um, that the way to do that is really to tailor the hardware to work very tightly with the fuel source itself. Um, so actually, you know, I overheard you talking about pellets. Pellets are a really good way to do that. Um, they're usually very similar. Um, and you can really tune the hardware to work very well with them. Um, and, um, you know, with that insight, though, I thought I'd see if there was something that could be done with charcoal to do something similar. And I didn't know how we'd do it at the time. Um, we made, you know, dozens of prototypes in the years that I was working on taking this from concept to, to commercial product. Um, the very first prototypes were literally made in those, like, big plastic milk cartons. Um and then uh, first full prototype was, um, you know, under counter ice, you know, double, double walled stainless steel under counter ice bins like you find in, in restaurants. Um, and then I guess, you know, flash forward a little bit, we, we raised some uh, venture capital for the company. Um, I moved to San Francisco for a little while. Um, it was a good experience. Like, you know, EcoZoom had a lot of growth and a lot of success, um, but um it was all organically grown and um, it was interesting to have this whole other experience of, you know, spending money and making mistakes and trying to grow fast. Um, ultimately, um, you know, San Francisco wasn't totally for us um, and um, to grow the business in a really good way, we wanted to be somewhere a little more like food oriented and production oriented. So moved to Boulder, Colorado. Uh, we have a few investors here as well. And, um, you know, Boulder is really known as the Silicon Valley for food and, a lot of how we're approaching the brick is from this food perspective, um, seeing the, the, there's an ingredient, um, and really having it be, you know, very food safe and, um, you know, not transmitting anything to the food being cooked on the product. Um, yeah, so that was, um, we moved here in January of, of last year, um, started scaling the company up, getting production going. And, um, we really just, uh, started shipping the product, uh, we distributed an, you know, a few handfuls of grills in Colorado to prove, you know, just that the product was working the way we wanted. Uh, we started shipping nationally in October, um, and really worked to start, you know, start getting the sales engine up and going in, in October. Um, and it's been off to a good start. When you're raising the capital, like, I, I don't know if I've had anybody on as I was doing some research, it looked like you had started out with, you know, maybe nine million. Uh, there was a, a second round, or maybe a third round of funding for almost four million dollars. Uh, is that all you? Like, are you? Are you? Do you already have these contacts? I mean, I want to go out and you know talk to somebody to have them give me four, five, ten, twelve million dollars, but I, I just don't have those contacts. So, is that something you had in your back pocket and you were able to to work those to to get the funding? And then the follow up is if you weren't able to secure that, uh, would Spark Grill be more of a extinguished grill at this point? <laughs> um no I, I did not i mean i didn't have those contacts at all coming into this in the beginning um funny i i was on our second prototype which um you know was much more advanced than the uh under counter ice pins at the time i raised our first money um you know i put a little bit of our of, of my my wife's money into it um are you still there yeah i'm still here okay um we put a bit of our money into it um and, um, you know, investors had actually said that 
that they would have funded off uh, renderings versus being so far with prototypes. Um, but I think it's like a lot of things, um, you know, just work hard at it and, you know, um, learn and grow and kind of be that fighter in the ring getting punched in the face every day. And, and then you can, you know, often work your way through it. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've developed a knack for it over the years. Uh, being in San Francisco for about a year and a half, definitely. All right, so you know, I learned a lot. Kind of give us a, a breakdown or a mental paint of how the grill looks and I guess more importantly, how it operates. Yeah, sure. So it's a bit of a, a modern design. Um, we get a lot of uh, positive feedback from people that it's uh, it looks quite a bit different than what somebody's used to with the grill today. Um, it's double walled, um, porcelain enamel, uh, well insulated. Um, we tried to have it be fairly minimalistic. Um, with the goal that like every part of the grill has a, a purpose to it. Um, we'll start building out, you know, other accessories and other things for it over time. But um, really what it is right now is just a, you know, compound continuous corners and edges. Um, it's, you know, a fairly large, uh, long oval. Um, if you were to take something like a sphere or, or even like a Weber kettle and just kind of like stretch it out, um, that's kind of roughly how it looks. Do you know um, what a PK grill looks like? Yeah, I do. Would you yep. say that it's akin to that to a certain degree as far as shape and, and uh, the way it looks a little bit? Uh, I wouldn't. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about that more offline, but I, uh, no, I, I wouldn't say that. Got yeah. it. Uh, all right. So, and this is fired oh. on, a, uh, on, a, on a charcoal uh, fuel source. Yeah, that's right. Well, so, so just real, I mean, on our website, sparkgrills.com, lots of good is, or, or on our Instagram feed um, as well. But um, yeah, so the grill, um, part of the magic with it is really that tuning the hardware and the fuel to work very well together. Um, and so we have what we call bricks that work in the grill. Um, you know, we're at a fairly early stage with the company. Um but um, we have a few different bricks right now, um, really with the goal of capturing a couple different uh, time periods, um, you know, kind of like a, a weeknight, 30 minutes um, with family. Um, and then more of like a, we have another brick that's useful for the weekend for, say, like a four course meal with, you know, five to eight people. Um, we also have a brick released um, that's set for you know, being able to cook Neapolitan pizza um, and, you know, really high temperatures. Um, we're, we're pretty close to releasing our first barbecue brick, um, which would, or we call it low and slow, um, which would be more, you know, low 200s um, for, you know, six to eight hours of, of barbecue um, in the grill. Um, right now it's all, uh, you know, hardwoods, um, we we have integrated and uh, done proof of concept of lot, on a lot of different um, wood additives, uh, wood flavors in, in the in the bricks. Um, but those will be things that we come out with in the quarters to come. Uh, what's the price point? Yeah, right now um, we have a bundle that we have about one hundred fifty dollars off. Um, so it's eight forty nine today. Um, normally it's nine ninety nine. Uh, the 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 grill. Um, with this starter bundle, uh, up, which includes a box of bricks and um, temperature probes and side table and things like that. Uh, what percentage of the market do you feel has 
zero interest in learning how to control charcoal? Uh, I mean, do they think it's, do you think they think it's hard or they just have no interest in it and they're just looking for, uh, perhaps the, the better way to do it is we revert back to pellet cookers uh, for any number of reasons, uh, they, they probably grew in popularity this past year and people saw how easy it is to dial into temperature, but you weren't able to get that, uh, aside from the gravity fed master built cooker, um, had a, you know, a, kind of a, a similar thermostatic control, but it wasn't necessarily the same kind of concept that you're bringing to the market. So, uh, do you think people just don't want to mess around with charcoal and this is just an easier way to, to do that? Yeah, I mean, you know, research we've done says that you know, like 80% of people know that cooking with charcoal tastes better, but 70% of grills are with propane today. Um, also interesting research that, you know, 91% of people we'd say are into grilling, um, yet about 40% of, you know, households don't own a grill. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity to get into the interest that's happening um, in a way that works well. I think that, you know, we really work to have a good relationship with the customer um, from purchase through setting up the product through, you know, getting onboarded with the grill um, and then ongoing recipes and other things like that over time as well. So um, today, 26% of our customers didn't previously own a grill. Um, and so, yeah, I think like there's a lot of people that are getting into the space and I think um, a little help along the way, go, you know, is very helpful. And we're just at a very early stage still, but I think a lot of our industrial design, a lot of our branding is, is meant to be um, unintimidating and, and welcoming. Um, yeah. Uh, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com was on last week. He's a, a regular monthly guest and we broached the spark topic for a few minutes and he said his biggest initial concern out of the box was its inability to be set up for two zone cooking. And, you know, Amazing Ribs is very big on the ability to have this two zone. Uh, I, you know, I'm kind of take it or leave it guy, or, you know, I know up front if two zone availability is there or not, and I can make that buying decision right off the bat. So, uh, fire on one side, nothing on the other. Is that a big deal to. The folks that you're talking to, do they ask about, well, how would I set up two-zone cooking, or is that a little bit more advanced for their knowledge? Yeah, I mean, interest, you know, I, so, you know, I talked about the, you know, 26% of our customers that didn't own a grill before, but, you know, 20 plus percent of the market owns two or more grills. Um, you know, often they own a propane grill for weeknight use but are a bit embarrassed or, you know, yes, have to ask kind of three or four times before somebody admits what grill it is. Um, and so I think we really are going after that, that, you know, consummate griller as well. Uh, but um, yeah, how, how our grill is set up is that we have um, a heat spreader that comes standard with the grill, um, with the heat spreader under the grates, you know, between the, so it's, you know, fuel bed uh, with the charcoal brick Um on the bottom and then a heat spreader above that and grates above that. Um, with the heat spreader in the grill, there is very even heat, um, but the heat spreader is removable. Um, the fuel bed is in the middle of the grill. Um, and so for us, the, the, you know, I do think we have two zone, it, but it's not side to side. It's more kind of like center and periphery. Um, so a bit different. Um, 
but we do see good temperature variation and you know between one zone and the other uh you need electric obviously you got to plug it in there's a fan that's driving the combustion to a certain degree yeah that's one other interesting thing as far as control goes um you can fully you know there is a a temperature management system in the grill um, where the grill will, you know, will control temperature for you. Um, but you can't override that and do fan control as the user too. Um, but um, yeah, so the grill, we, we worked really hard to actually make it have a very low power requirement. Um, so it's, it runs off 12 volts. Um, um, and so we, uh, we trialed a battery pack that sold out super fast and, um, uh, we're, we're bringing that back. Um, but yeah, there is a battery pack that, that we have available with the grill as well. We, we work super hard to make it low power and able to run off a battery pack as well as plug-in. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about that fuel a little bit more in depth. Uh, I can go out and buy 18 pounds of B&B charcoal briquettes for 15 bucks. On quick cooks, I can cut that oxygen off. I can reuse the spent ones in another cook. When I go to the Spark Grill website, you have uh, currently the the classic charcoal brick, which shows a temperature range of five to seven hundred degrees and a burn time of ninety minutes max, and that sells at a nine pack for thirty bucks. Is that expensive, or is that expense something that you feel the customer is willing to absorb in order to gain that convenience uh, are they not necessarily aware of what traditional charcoal would cost versus what the brick cost i mean certainly we're not talking about the same kind of manufacturing process but just from a uh, an economics standpoint it would seem much cheaper to buy regular briquettes and then also have an ability to reuse where you're probably not able to reuse the brick if you don't use it all the way through yeah you're uh as the system stands today you're not able to reuse the brick um we, we do find that, you know, maybe 5% to 10% of people like kind of like um, shut off oxygen in like a Weber kettle and then um, reignite the charcoal. It's not that common, we're finding. Um, you're just saying it's us nerds but, um, is what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, we, I know plenty of people uh, that, you know, of all types, it's, I think it's uh, just kind of a preference of, you know, reserve, like, maintenance and efficiency or something like that. Uh, Cheap um, asses, I believe, um, is what we're looking for. Cheap asses? (laughs) Yes, that's me. (laughs) Um, But um, in the work that we've done, um, we're pretty close on price to lump charcoal that you pick up at a hardware store. Um, You know, that delivered is a lot more expensive than when you go to pick it up. Um, Our system is you know, pretty efficient. Uh, the double walled with insulation goes a long way. Um, and, um, you know, if somebody buys two boxes of bricks, there's a 10% discount. Um, and we'll, we're doing more on that front over time as well. Um, you know, um, tuning the brick and to work well with different cooking types. Um, we get a lot of feedback right now that, you know, what do I do if I just want two chicken breasts? Um, the brick that you just mentioned is really for like two courses, you know, for a family of five. Um, and so we're, we have those things underway. Um, and, um, you know, our research at the moment shows that we are price competitive uh, for picking up at the hardware store, but a lot cheaper when it's delivered to the house. Who's making the brick? Is that something that you make in Boulder? Or are you getting it manufactured somewhere else and brought in? We make yeah that we make that ourselves yeah here in Boulder. 
and I assume that that is engineered to be um, in the in the sales literature. It says it's like up and running in, in a matter of moments. It's ready to grill on. So or traditional charcoal, you know, you're putting in a chimney, uh, maybe using a banjo burner, a couple lighter cubes. Still, let's say 15 minutes, eh, 20 minutes or so before you're white hot, ready to go, and it's safe. Uh, but this is done in a in a much quicker fashion. So how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, I do think that the benefits of, you know, flavor offered, um, the convenience of the ignition of the cleanup um, and the control, you know, really do provide major differentiators over what's in the marketplace today. Um, but um, yeah, think of the brick, you know, it's the process of manufacturing it is, you know, not dissimilar from making a cookie um, uh, and um the ignition process really is that there's um, the brick um, touches this uh, ceramic igniter that gets super hot in just a matter of seconds that sets off uh, ignition of the brick. Um, and then with a bit of airflow, um, the rest of the brick ignites um, and then, you know, the charcoal gets going and, and, and really in about, um, you know, you can be at 900 degrees in 12 minutes Um uh, where the grills, you know, and I'm talking great temperature as well. Um, ca- you know, nice, thick, centimeter thick cast iron grates. Um, so, you know, the, the grill gets quite hot very fast. Um, charcoal is very energy dense, uh, really. Ben West joining us here on the show from Spark Grill. Sparkgrills.com is the website. Uh, ben, a lot of companies in this market experienced tremendous success last year for obvious reasons, uh, reasons that we probably didn't think were going to be the reasons they were doing so well. Uh, but as far as putting stuff together, what I'm hearing now is we're getting a lot of sales. We're trying to meet the demand of, of sale by manufacturing these and getting them out. But uh, we're also experiencing component issues and supply issues. So uh, where are you looking at from a sales uh, or an order intake experience? And then are you running into issues of getting parts and pieces to get these things assembled and then shipped out? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, um, you know, is we can, so we we manufacture the grills in Southeast Asia with a supplier that we worked a lot with pre-COVID. Um, you know, we're, we can't be with them um, right now. I, the biggest issue for us is, you know, getting the product in, inspecting and testing every grill to be sure it meets great standards for our customers um, so that they would never know uh, of all these things that we do behind the scenes to make them, you know, to work with them to have a great experience. Um, that's been the biggest constraint we've had. Um, and then, you know, we, we, we had a big, um, you know, we, we were really only actively selling for about eight weeks uh, in the end of last year. And um, it went quite well. And we're, we're working to ramp up our production so that our customers don't have to, you know, have any significant wait times to get fulfillment. Um, and we're juggling getting orders shipped out so that people don't run out of stock as well. Um, but uh, that, you know, our pinch point is really the operation keeping up with with demand at this point. Is it all online ordering? Is that the only place you can get it, or are there brick and mortar dealers? Yeah, that's that's right. At the moment, everything from our website. Yeah. Let's talk business. As a last question here, Ben, and I appreciate the time. Is the goal here to produce a grill and create a brand that will survive and grow for decades to the point where perhaps Spark Grill is? 
uh, synonymous in the industry, much like a Weber or a Charbroil, or perhaps is the goal to confirm that this style of grill will work in the market and then hope that a Weber or a Charbroil might knock on the door and say, hey, Ben, we love what you've done here. You've taken this great piece of technology and we, we buy into it 100%. What's it going to cost us in order to take this over and they stroke you a walk-off check? What's the, what's the goal here for you? Yeah, it's, it's lofty. Um, I mean, you know, I, I look up to Peloton uh, for what they've done and um, I think we have, you know, quite a few similarities, um, you know, in this space, uh, no one really has a relationship with their grill brand. Um, uh, you know, somebody buys a grill and then it's about, you know, going out and finding your own recipes. Um, it's about, um, having a new brand where people, um, I think that the opportunity to, to work with people and earn the right to work with them through that whole through that whole journey. Um, and, um, overall, you know, a lot of is just, you know, working to democratize the joy of grilling. Um, you know, it's a great way to get outside, enjoy time with friends and family. Um, a lot of people find it intimidating or, or there's, you know, big opportunity for improvement. Um, you know, Peloton's done really well with that in, in the exercise space. Um, we'd love to follow suit. Um, my goal would be a, you know, a nice IPO, hopefully riding on their coattails as much as possible. <laughs> nice. Uh, ben West joining us here on the show. The company is Spark Grills. And go to the website, sparkgrills.com, and check it out. And if you're interested in being some of the first, go ahead and grab it up. It's on special right now. And then report back to me every time you use it so we know how you like it. And we can go from there. Ben, really appreciate you taking time this evening, letting us get to know you a little bit, and uh, bringing us through the history of spark grill and where you guys are today continued success thanks for doing it yeah yeah absolutely thank you thanks for having me Greg. you got it there he is ben west from spark grill how's that conversation for you i love it. me i'm looking for the walk-off check right we love what you've done with this live internet show that is a, then a podcast after that what's it going to cost us to have you walk away from this show. My number, $6.75. Cash, please. Hey, let me talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Established in 1882, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas, owned by the same family for three generations, offering premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow-smoked over real wood, shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S., from food trucks to multi-chain restaurants. Southside Sausage can be on your menu as well. All meats are processed in the on-site USDA-inspected facility, a trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. They're shipping nationwide via FedEx, also through food service distribution like Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable for research and development to package completion. They can follow your recipe or help you develop something brand spanking new. Private label opportunities are also available. Visit southsidemarket.com for more information. As you're visiting, go ahead and load up that card at southsidemarket.com and then use promo code BBQ Central. All one word and the lowercase BBQ C-E-N-T-R-A-L BBQ Central for 10% off your entire order every time you go over 
to southsidemarket.com. We're back to wrap the first hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring. Or connect via the red, white, and blue hoo-hoo tooths. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant, you're in luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. All right, thanks again to Ben West from Spark Grills, the website sparkgrills.com, and check them out. A pellet, (laughs) potentially a pellet-efficient experience, but with a charcoal brick. By the way, I didn't get to ask him, but I know for a fact, if you don't want to use the charcoal brick or you don't find it to be fiscally beneficial, you can use regular charcoal in there. Uh, I don't know how it would light in comparison to the brick because that's engineered to do, you know, get to quick 900 degrees in 12 minutes. It's pretty quick for a charcoal cooker. But you can use regular charcoal if you need to. Uh, Those are briquettes that I know. I don't know about lump. I would assume lump. That's sparkrills.com. All right. uh, We're way past. We'll do an abridged second hour top, and then we will get to Ed Riley from B&B. So stick around. We'll be right back. Mm -hmm. 